0: Well, hello, welcome again to Life Church today. We're thrilled that you're here and it's an honor to be with you today and share God's word with you. My name's Dustin. One of the pastors here on staff. And we're continuing today our series called Dream Again. We've been doing it since the start of the year. Over the past couple of weeks, Pastor Aaron has been doing an incredible job at walking us through the story of Joseph from the Old Testament as we looked at five qualities of a God given dream. I don't know what your 2022 looked like, but it's now 2023. God still speaks and he has fresh passion and purpose and vision to infuse into your heart at the start of this year. By show of hands, how many of you have a like a bucket list or something comparable, like a, a dream list, a I don't know, goal list, something that you hope to accomplish? Okay, a lot of you. Uh, A bucket list, for those of you that don't know, is a a list of things that you want to accomplish or complete before you die. It's morbid, I know, before you kick the bucket, I think is where the terminology comes from. Uh, And and a lot of the common ones are like, I want to run a marathon, or I want to go skydiving, or I want to swim with the sharks. I don't know, all these like dangerous things that could kill you, you know. Uh, I've never had, I've never been that adventurous, but ever since I was young, I wanted to wanted to, I've always been fascinated with the wonders of the world, and there's been different lists of the wonders of the world, but uh, some include like the pyramids in Egypt, or the Great Wall of China, or the Colosseum in Rome. So far, my wife and I, we've been able to travel some and have seen two of these astonishing locations, Chichen Itza in Mexico and Stonehenge in England, both phenomenal places. Uh, I have no intention of ever jumping out of an airplane. When I was younger, I was like, I'll do that. But I don't, like, why maybe die? You know, I don't want to do anything that might kill me. I also have no intention of, like, if I don't have to be out of breath or have a stitch in my side or be uncomfortable, I'm not going to intentionally put myself in those positions. So marathon is never going to happen for me. But I would not mind seeing the pyramids at some point in my life. Your bucket list might have you traveling the world or setting a Guinness World Record or bungee jumping. And those are great aspirations. There's nothing wrong with those things. But I'm here to tell you today that God has so much more for us than bungee jumping or skydiving. A bucket list is great, but a God-given dream list is even better. When you start allowing your heart to dream, when you start listening to what God is actually speaking to you and stepping out in faith to do the things that he's calling you to do, you will not only be incredibly fulfilled, but you will be partnering with the creator of the universe in his mission for this world. Today, this year, it's time to dream again. Pastor and author Chris Hodges, he wrote a book entitled What's Next? And in his book he talks about five kinds of dreamers. And I want us to walk through those today as we look at scripture to see what God has to say about our own dreams, our passion, our purpose that, that God has placed on our heart. It's going to be a very, very practical sermon today. So my simple question for you as we go through these five different kinds of dreamer dreamers, is which kind of dreamer are you? Number one, if you're taking notes, this is the first kind of dreamer. There are five types of people in this room. The first kind are those that have no dream. You've you've just kind of got no dream. This could mean a few different things for some of you. It could mean, and this is going to be blunt, but if you have no dream, then you might have no dream. God. If you've got no dream inside of you, then it might be that you've got no God inside of you. And I'll show you why I say this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Faith in God and dreams are, are inexplicably linked When you have a relationship with God, he will inevitably drop dreams in your heart. It's just a natural part of it. When you have a relationship with God, a familiarity with God, you're walking alongside and in step with God, he is bound to drop dreams into your heart. You won't even know where they came from sometimes. You won't even know why they're there or what you're supposed to do with them. But you'll know that they're from God. Some of you need to take that step today. Before you ever hope to get a dream for your life, you need a relationship with the giver of dreams. And you can make that decision today. Many, many people, I think, walk through life with a single dream of simply making it through the day. Right? Like day, day after day, they're just waking up and existing. And that's about all that can be said about them. They're existing. Do you know these kinds of people? Like they walk through life like zombies. Uh, they, they, they wake up. They go to work. Work, work, work. They go home, they go to sleep and that's repeat on repeat on repeat. There's no life inside of them. There's no purpose, no dream. Listen to me, that's not what you were created for. That's not why God created you, breathed you into existence. That's not what God has for your life. You were created for significance, not just for survival. And it's time for some of us to wake up today and to have a fresh dream, to reconnect with the creator of the universe and the creator of our soul and to get something fresh from God today. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, God was speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. And he said, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Call out to me. I believe God would say the same to some of us today. Call out to me. Like really, actually call out to me. I will answer you. I'll speak back to you. And I want to show you great and hidden things. Life Church, we serve a God who wants to hear from you. But even better than that, he wants to speak to you. And he wants to give you hopes and dreams beyond your wildest expectations. But I'll tell you this, sometimes in order to hear the voice of God, we have to turn down the voice of the world around us. There are so many competing voices today. Which one are you going to listen to? There are five kinds of dreamers. Some of us in this room, there are some people that have no dream. And it's time to get fresh dream fresh dreams and visions and passions and purposes from God today. The second kinds of people that are in this room are those with the wrong dream. Maybe this is you. You once had a dream and maybe you even have a dream now and your dream might even be a good dream but if you really get down to the bottom of it, it's not a God dream. And any dream, even if it's good, it's not a God dream, is a bad dream. You've allowed yourself to dream something that only has earthly rewards. Honestly, I think this is where a lot of people, even Christians, might find themselves today. Like honestly, if you actually examine your dream, you take an inventory of your own dreams you might discover that the dreams that you have are the wrong dreams. And you're never going to be called out on this, especially in our particular context. We have a name for this. We call it the American dream. It's something that a lot of us spend our lives pursuing. And again, it looks fine to all the people around us. It's completely acceptable in our society to have this kind of dream. Like you're climbing the corporate ladder. Your office is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so is your paycheck. All day, every day, your entire focus is on how you can take that next step. How you can get that next raise. How you can make that next sale. And please don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with having like certain aspirations, even if they're business minded, like God sure wants you to succeed in your business and, and in your aspirations and in your career. God doesn't mind you pursuing those things, but God has so much more for you than just climbing the corporate ladder. The American dream is fine and okay, but it pales in comparison to God's dream for your life. He has created you first and foremost to partner with him in the work that he is doing on this earth. Is that what you spend your days doing? The Apostle Paul, in the New Testament, he had a laser-focused dream. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, if only to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, I found the greatest joy in my life doing what God has asked me to do. And you know, Paul's story, right? Or at least some of it. He he, he didn't have it easy. Like, Paul went through like shipwrecks and snake bites and persecution and prison. Like Paul did not have it easy. He wasn't living a certainly not living the American dream. Many people on the outside would have looked at Paul's life and said that he was a miserable failure. Often the pursuit of his God-given dream wasn't pretty. But Paul knew that the dream planted in his heart by God was of utmost importance. Nothing else could compare. So how do you determine if the dream that you have, a lot of us have dreams, if the dream that you have is one that is given by God or if it's something else, if it's the wrong dream, how do you determine that? I I wanna give you three quick and simple, easy questions that you can ask yourself to see if your dream is a a God dream or if it's the wrong dream. Three, Three quick questions. The first question that you can ask yourself is this. Does my dream glorify God? So look internal, look at your dream. Does my dream glorify God? Ask yourself this right now. This is one of the clearest ways to tell if your dream is the right dream or the wrong dream. If your dream is all about bringing you glory, bringing you success, bringing you fame and notoriety, then I can guarantee you that you've got the wrong dream. Like you've heard it in Paul's own words, right? You can see all throughout the Bible as well that the entire reason we were created is to bring glory to God. First and foremost, the reason why you exist, you exist, you exist, you exist, I exist, all of us exist, is to bring glory to God. So if we're not doing that with our calling, if we're not doing that with our profession, if we're not doing that with our, with our time and efforts and dreams and vision and purpose, then we might be missing the mark. Does your dream point people to the goodness And the splendor and the kindness and the creativity of the one who created you. The second question that you can ask yourself is, does my dream bless others? Is your dream selfish or selfless? Does your dream only benefit you or does it bless others? God doesn't give self-serving dreams. Listen to me, I'm just going to pause here for just a moment. A lot of us live our lives doing things that will benefit me. How can I make me better? What can I do to make me succeed? How self-centered, self-focused? What if we begin to ask the question, are my dreams blessing others? The third question that you can ask yourself is, can I achieve my dream in my own power, and by my own ability? It's a good question to ask because if you can achieve your dream in your own power and by your own ability, then it's likely not a God dream because get this, God dreams require God in order to accomplish them. They're going to be way too big for you to accomplish on your own. They're going to seem impossible to you because they are And you're going to need God to intervene, to step in all along the way to guide and guard and lead and protect you. Maybe with your dreams, you're aiming way too low. God has something bigger for you. Some of us need to take some time this week to actually assess our dreams. To ask these questions honestly, they're not going to be comfortable to rightfully and honestly determine, do I have a God dream or do I have a wrong dream? Again, there's five types of people. Some of us, no dreams. Some of us have the wrong dream. The third kind of people in this room. Those with a stale dream. A stale dream. You once had a dream. It was a good dream. May have even been a God dream. But it's just gone stale. Like, over time or because of like the difficulties that you faced in life. You were once excited about it, it burned inside of you. But now you've had one too many setbacks and that dream has just gone cold. In 2 Timothy, the apostle Paul, he's writing to a young minister that he's actually training up in the faith. the, The young minister's name is Timothy. And Paul is writing to Timothy, reminding him, that he's got a great faith and a great legacy. His, Timothy's family were people of great faith, and Paul's writing him in hope for Timothy's future. And he has this to say to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. To fan into flame the gift of God. Some of us in this room today need to pull out the fan and to begin fanning again the flame into our dreams, into our purpose. Listen, God has provided you with gifts, talents, and abilities to be used to fulfill the dreams he's given you. But when they are left unused, they grow like like old bread left out on the counter, stale. I want to encourage you today. Romans 11 says that God's gifts and his calling are without repentance. That means that they are irrevocable, that God does not take them and you cannot lose them, that they are there. They're not gone, they're not missing. They might be lying dormant. They might be just kind of there waiting for you to pick them back up. But if God has once given you a dream and the gifts and the talents and the abilities to accomplish that dream, they are not gone. They are still there. And it might take some digging. It might take some fanning the flame back into into life. But God can redeem and revive those dead dreams. But it might take some drastic measure. When a dream has gone stale, I don't think you can just kind of casually pick it back up. You've got to do something drastic. One of the prescriptions in the Bible A drastic prescription for reviving something that has been dead, reconnecting to God again is prayer and fasting. You know what fasting is? Uh, Going without food for a period of time, something that you physically need, to reconnect to something spiritual that, that you need all the more. And I'll be honest with you, I'll say this quietly, so like pastor and anyone else doesn't hear me, I don't like fasting, Like, it's uncomfortable. It it doesn't feel good. Uh, Like, I'll get to lunchtime or dinner time, and I'll be like, man, if I could just have a pizza, right? Uh, But I know the power of it. Personally, I know the power of it biblically. Like, there are times all throughout the Old Testament and the New that men and women fasted when they needed a breakthrough from God. Moses fasted before receiving the Ten Commandments. Queen Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews. King David fasted to humble his soul. Goodness, some of us need to do that, right? Paul and Barnabas fasted when appointing church leaders. And Jesus even fasted before beginning his public ministry. If you've had a dream go stale, you're going to have to be willing to do something drastic in order to get it back. Fan into flame. The gift of God, let it burn within you once again. Five kinds of dreamers. Those of us with no dream. Those of us with the wrong dream. Those with the stale dream. Maybe you're in this fourth category. Those of us with a vague dream. Some of you have a semblance of a dream, but it's vague. You have a general outline, but you've got nothing really specific, nothing concrete, no plan on how you're actually going to pursue or accomplish your dream. And maybe for you, it's time to make that dream official. And actually, this is going to be crazy, put it into writing. Like actually write it down. In an obscure but incredibly fascinating book in the Old Testament, God is getting ready to unload a dream onto the prophet Habakkuk. But before he does, God gives Habakkuk some incredibly specific instructions. I don't know if you've caught this before. In Habakkuk chapter 2, the Lord answered Habakkuk and he said this, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. God is smart, God knows what he's doing, and God knew that for Habakkuk, the dream would not be immediately fulfilled. That it would take years and years and years between the giving of the dream and the fulfillment of the dream. How many of you know that to be true? Like sometimes it takes a long time, a lot longer than you or I are comfortable with. So it was incredibly important for the prophet to write the dream down. To make it plain. To make it permanent. So that he may run who reads it. In other words, if you don't write it, you can't read it. And if you can't read it, you can't run it. You can't run the play. It's got to be written down. I've seen people do different things here, right? Like one of my friends uh, writes their dreams, their goals, their aspirations on post-it notes, sticky notes, and then puts them on their mirror in the bathroom so that when they're getting ready in the morning or, or brushing their teeth at night, they're able to be reminded of the dream as they as they look at their reflection. I've got another friend that actually has an app on their phone that has made a checklist of these God-given dreams so that when the dreams are fulfilled, they're able to check that dream off and say that God did that. God did that. God did that. I don't know what works for you and it's going to be different than what works for me but we all need to make concrete our dreams or they're just going to be vague. Like they're going to be there. They're going to be existing and we might do something once or twice a year for them. Usually in January when we're passionate about pursuing our dreams but by February they've grown, they've grown cold or life has gotten in the way but if we're writing it down and reminding ourselves that God has spoken this over us. That maybe once again, these dreams will not be vague, but we'll be able to see and watch God work and begin to check these things off, to to scratch these things off, because God is a speaking God that has dream and vision and passion for you. And he wants you to write them down, to make them plain, And then to run. There's one last kind of person in this room. And it's the kind of dreamer that I hope that we can all become. That this series is all structured around. And it's those of us with a God dream. I hope we can all get here. And the God we serve is a loving, a kind, a speaking God. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We often have a hearing problem. God has a dream for your life, a specific dream, specifically for you. And if you could just latch onto your God-given dream, I can't promise you that life will be easy. I mean, it wasn't for Paul. It's, It's probably not gonna be easy for you either. Like life doesn't get easier just because you become a Christian. We can attest to that. Life doesn't get easier just because you're able to latch onto your dreams. Sometimes it becomes much more difficult. But I can assure you that your life will begin to be fuller as you pursue the things that God has placed on your heart. I can assure you that the people around you will be blessed because you're pursuing the dreams that God has placed on your hearts. And listen, ultimately God will be glorified. God will be lifted up, magnified, exalted. God will be made all more, the, all the greater to the people around as you relentlessly pursue the dreams that God has placed on your hearts. I want to share a verse with you you've likely heard before in two different translations. It's it's from Proverbs 29:18. And it says this where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Have you heard it before? Listen again. Where there is no prophetic vision, where there is no God given, God-ordained dream, the people cast off restraint. they they run wild. They're out of control. The King James Version, some of you know this, it says they perish. It doesn't mean that people without God-given dreams literally die, although we all will at some point. It doesn't mean that. In, In this context, it means that their hopes die. Their aspirations die. Their marriages might suffer and die. Their emotional health dies people without God given dreams they cast off restraint I want to read it from the message it's a paraphrase it says this if people can't see what God is doing they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals they they are most blessed I love that. When they attend to what he reveals. These are the people that have God-given dreams. And they pursue that God dream. What does it say about these people? It says that they are most blessed. That word that's used there actually means like happy in their soul. They're content, they're fulfilled. The level of soul contentment that only comes when you are doing things that matters in God's economy. I want to conclude by just reading a a brief encounter from the book of Mark. Jesus encounters a man in a desperate need of a touch from God. I want you to just listen to this story. They came to Bethsaida And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, which, by the way, Jesus has a unique way of doing things all throughout the Bible and today. Jesus put his hands on him and he asked, do you see anything? The man looked up and he said, I see People they look like trees walking around. If he's blind, how does he how does he know what trees look like? There's only one answer for that, right? The answer is that he once could see. Maybe when he was younger, he was able to see. He knows what trees look like. He had vision once, and then he lost it. And then two words I want you to hear today, Life Church. Once more, <laughs> once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Jesus, who had the ability to heal perfectly, prayed for the man a second time. Even though this man had vision once and lost the vision, God was willing to give him a once more kind of experience. And when he removed his eyes, oh, sorry, when he, well, he didn't do that. When he removed his hands, his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. We serve a once more kind of God. A once more kind of God. Maybe you had a dream, and the circumstances of life have caused you to abandon that dream. You thought it was all but dead. Jesus is here today to put his hands on your eyes and to give you vision once again. It is time to dream again. Father, I come to you today. We come to you today, that's our prayer. That's my prayer for this church that each and every one of us would be able to see more clearly that we would be able to get beyond our own personal pursuits that might even be good, but they're not of God, that we would be able to get past our own agenda, that we're discovering through experience leads us to emptiness and dissatisfaction. We need a touch from you today. We need to see clearly once again. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed around this room. I just wonder if maybe you find yourself in one of these four categories today. That you have no dream, or the wrong dream, or a stale dream, or a vague dream. And you need God to give you fresh vision once again for this year and the years to follow. In the privacy of this moment, would you just lift your hand so I could know to pray for you today? All around the room, of course. Come on, if that's you and you need fresh vision for this year, for your life, yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? Yeah. You can put your hands down. I just wanna pray for you in this moment. God, today I pray fresh vision. God, I know that you speak and you want to give fresh vision. May our ears be tuned to hear your voice today to take that old dream and to revive it. God, to take that vague dream and to write it down, to take that wrong dream and to set it aside for the better dream. God, may we hear your voice today to live it out so that we can make a difference in the world around us. And God, for those that came in this room with no dream today because they had no relationship with you, God, I pray that today they would make that decision. In the sacredness of this moment, that your Holy Spirit would come and invade their heart and life, that you would save them. That they would believe on the Lord Jesus. Not only intellectually believe that he is who he says he was and did what he said that he did, but that they would believe in their heart, trust, love, and serve. Jesus is Lord of their life and that their lives would be forever changed. God, I pray that you would give us fresh dreams and vision today that we would dream again and that our lives would be forever changed. In Jesus' name,